Hello and welcome to Branding Bud Live, the live stream that's 100% THC and 0% WTF. Every week, every week, we bring business people to talk about the business of cannabis. I'm David Palaszczuk, the founder of Branding Bud Consulting Group and the author of Branding Bud, The Commercialization of Cannabis, the first book on cannabis branding. And I'm joined by my co-host, Adriana Hemans. She has over eight years in cannabis. She is a marketing expert, a data insight specialist, and my BCF, my best cannabis friend. Welcome, Adriana. Hi, David. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How You're are looking you? very dapper in your black turtleneck today. Look at that. Thank you. My I feel like since we have a guest named David today, we should distinguish you by saying Dapper David. <laughs> Not saying that the other David isn't Dapper, but that the would be a good way to distinguish. That's right. I'm super excited <laughs> to chat today. And it's funny, you know, just a quick side note. Um, our guest, one of our guests next next week is Adelia. And I know I'm going to confuse Adelia and Adriana. So we're making it up for t today with uh, two Davids for you. I consider myself warned. That's totally fair play. If it happens, it happens. I'll forgive you immediately. Right. Uh, I see some familiar faces in the chat. I want to say hi to Jay, who's uh, joining us from snowy Colorado. Welcome. Nice. Uh, and for anyone who's just tuning in now, we really love audience participation. This is all about building a community. It's not just about us up here talking. It's about all of you and everyone's experience and our shared experiences together as people building this industry. Uh, so tell us where you're from, say hi. If you feel like telling us what your favorite terpene is, we wouldn't be mad at that either. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. And in fact, we're even gonna talk about terpenes a little bit later. Um, so today we're talking about how non-plant touching, touching businesses achieve brand authenticity in the cannabis space. And uh, we have a great guest because um, uh, the brand that he's the senior brand manager at, Bovida, um, has has really done a great job at coming into the industry, working with industry people um, about things that uh, that are meaningful to the industry, um, which is uh, in this case humidity and humidity control. Um, so we're super excited about that. So today we're going to be talking about a number of different things: how plant touching brands build credibility and authenticity in the space. We'll be talking about what is credibility and authenticity in the space, right? Um, we just know that we are a community. We're close-knit community, and it's pretty pretty hard to uh, to break in, so to speak. So we're curious about that. And um, and then, of course, we're going to speak about terpenes a little bit and, uh, and Boveda's uh, tagline, Save the Terps, and, uh, and how that sort of comes into play. So with that, um, I'm excited to, <clears throat> excuse me, so I'm excited to introduce the other David, David Van Eaton. He's the Senior Brand Manager at Boveda. And we're going to be talking about, again, authenticity, credibility, the cannabis space, the cannabis industry, and, um, and how picky we can be. Um, so that said, why don't we bring in David Van Eaton? Hello. Hi, Dapper David. <laughs> Hi, David. Welcome. Thank you for thank joining you. us. Thank you for having me. Also, thank you, Charlene, Caleb, and Emily. Thanks for joining us from Minnesota and sunny, although flooded, California. That's right. And thank you, Piney. This show brought to you by Piney. <laughs> David, get us uh, kicked off. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you're passionate about? Sure. Um, so I come from the traditional ad agency world. I worked for a company for a long time called The Integer Group, which is a retail 
marketing uh, agency. <clears throat> um, I shifted over to the cannabis world with my wife, who has a popular blog called thestonermom.com. So we worked on that, and I became extremely familiar with the cannabis, uh, ancillary cannabis industry, like, you know, learning all about vaporizers and glass and every kind of uh, cannabis-related uh, brand there is. Um, I became, I've always been a passionate cultivator um, and have maintained an indoor garden, uh, so that would be my passion. But with that passion, I started an indoor hemp company and grew a small like, boutique-grown hemp that was high in certain cannabinoids. Um, from there, I really dove back into the cannabis industry in the workplace, working for a grow light company called Black Dog LED as their director of marketing. And then I moved on as a wholesale manager to a company here in Colorado called Schwab, which owns uh, many different brands. So uh, I was a B2B guy working on a concentrate line, a nutrient line, a hydro shop line, and a bulk flower line. And now here I am with Bovida, which is the best company in the world. And uh, that's it. That's my background. Wow. All right. Well, <clears throat> that begs the question, right? Tell us about Bovida. Um, first off, if you wouldn't mind, I'm curious about the name. Yeah. Uh, you want to know what it means or how to pronounce it? Because there is uh, both. both. I have answers to both. So but a lot of growers call Bovida Bovida. And I saw in the chat there some people say I mispronounce it. It's a common misconception when I actually uh, first started talking to the company. I called it Bovida as well, but it is actually called Bovida, and the word is Spanish for vault. So that comes from, um, you know, preserving cigars originally. Uh, that's where they got their start in the tobacco world, pre uh, preserving everything like in a vault, you know, humidity controlled environment. So uh, they, as I mentioned, they got their start in the tobacco industry, um, and they created a two-way humidity control system for humidors. Uh, at the time, it was called Humidipac. And um, their goal was to be in every humidor uh, in, in the world, basically. And I feel like they've pretty much achieved that goal. Uh, a little known fact you may not know is Boveda also has an arm in the music world. So we make Boveda packs that also preserve wooden instruments and uh, have been doing that for quite some time. And then now here we are in the cannabis industry, preserving terpenes and cannabis. Very interesting. Is cannabis the most recent uh, vertical that you've moved into? It is, it is yes. Uh, fun fact, um, I learned from one of the founders of the company, they didn't realize Bovida was being used in the cannabis industry until I believe they were watching an episode of Cops and there was a bust and they had these bags, giant turkey bags filled with uh, flour and they noticed a Bovida pack in one and they were like, oh my God. You know? So since then we've been marketing to the, we've dialed in the humidity system and uh, marketed to the cannabis community. Wow. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> talk about product placement, huh? Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so would you just tell us, I mean, quickly, just about humidity control. We, we've, we've already said terps a number of times. So, you know, for those folks that, that understand what terpenes are, um, would you just share with us for a minute how humidity control and what and what your product does to help? Sure. Humidity? Yeah, absolutely. So humidity control is essential, especially in cannabis, because it prevents your uh, flower from getting moldy. Okay. Or uh, under humid, if there's not enough humidity, then that creates dry flower. So what our product does is it creates what we call a water barrier or a mono shield around the trichomes, which preserve those trichomes. So it slows down the aging process and prevents them from releasing the terpenes. So you get a lot of uh, prevention of terpene loss there. So that's what our 
product does. And of course, like I said, that works for humidors and musical instruments as well. Wow, interesting. And, uh, and Jay calls out that Bovida products are the truth. Not only yeah. he's used them for classical instruments, but also um, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, so for those classical musicians that love to consume cannabis, it's, it's a win-win. <laughs> there are different humidity control packets too. So like for cannabis, it's a 58% or a 62% uh, relative humidity. That's where we are for, so for tobacco and musical instruments. It's, it's different, but so our, the products that we make for cannabis are specifically for cannabis. So you can't take your humidity pack out of your guitar and put it in your flower jar. I mean, you can, but it, I don't think it would be as effective. So. <laughs> Good to know. Who wants to do that? Nobody. So, you know, we're, we're going to talk about today really about, you know, authenticity and credibility. And so it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, to see what, now that you sort of lay it out this way, um, you know, that, Bovida really supports uh, the music industry, the cigar industry, and the cannabis industry. And when you think of it, all three of those <clears throat> industries are really um, closed industries, right? You know, they're, they're I mean, of course, any, anybody can pick up a guitar and play, anybody can smoke a joint. But when you really get into the industry where people care enough to care about their cigars, where they're putting their cigars in humidors and they're using, you know, humidity control. And the same thing in the, in the guitar space. I have, honestly, I've never heard of, of, it totally makes sense now that you've said it, but I have never seen anybody throwing a humidity back into their guitar case or into their violin case, but um, cello case or what have you, but it's really interesting. And so would you mind just talking through a little bit about how do you actually break into those industries, you know, and come in in a way that, um, you know, that makes sense? And, and, sure. and I guess, would you mind just before we do that, just to sort of lay it out? We have a slide here, which is just the definition of authenticity. So, um, so sorry, I jumped, jumped ahead of myself for a moment. <laughs> no worries. So what's authenticity? <clears throat> it's worthy of acceptance or belief as conforming to or based on fact. It's conforming to an original so as to reproduce the essential features. It's made or done the same way as an original. It's not false or imitation, it's real and actual. And it's true to one's own personality, spirit, or character. So, you know, when we talk about authenticity, um, especially from a non-endemic uh, company, someone that's coming into the industry, obviously they chose you to be their senior brand manager, right? You, you. You know, in your introduction, we, we know how tied to the industry you are in many different ways. Um, <clears throat> so so it's cool that they understand that. I guess, too, seeing it on cops didn't didn't uh, hurt either, just in terms of, uh, you know, laying that out. But so so I know I'm talking a lot here. Would you sort of come back and, and talk about <clears throat> how Bovida, um, you know, is authentic in, in the cannabis space. Sure, sure. And that's a challenge, obviously, you know, I mean, you're in a market where it, you're handicapped in a lot of different ways where you can't advertise, you know, you can't use traditional channels. Um, but we speak directly to it. We're very good at speaking directly to our customer. We know who our customer is. We know what their obstacles are. And we do that um, in a lot of different ways. Um, one of the biggest ways that we do is we work with industry experts, like influencers or brand evangelists, you know, 
and they're going to speak about our product for us. I mean, we specifically reach out to those growers or maybe they're you know, professionals who consume cannabis and literally ask them, hey, tell everybody why on your platform. Maybe it's, a show, maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's YouTube, whatever. Um, but that's, that's our main strategy is to just get these people evangelized to talk about our product and you know, give us testimonials as to how they were successful in using it. We also um, are at relevant trade shows or events um, you know, you see, you've probably seen us at a lot of these cannabis events with our booths or we'll sponsor something just to, to, to be present. Um, and when we're at those trade shows, we're really not hammering our product down people's throats. We oftentimes find a lot of people coming to the booth and asking, how does it work? What is it? Um, we make sure that, you know, we have products available on hand for them to look at. We also speak factually. We have an internal R and D team and we don't, you know, promote anything that we can't stand behind. So we say, save the terps, you know, and what we're promoting there is terpene protection. Uh, because you know why we've, we've tested that to make sure that that's actually true. So um, I think that's basically it. I mean, like, that's how we really try to be relevant in the marketplace and also trying to be in the places where our customers are, whether it be grow forums online, podcasts they listen to, relevant blogs, that kind of thing. I've seen you, uh, I've seen Boveda exhibit at so many events over the years and having these really in-depth one-on-one conversations with people. So I'm sure that, you know, a lot of folks are asking like, how does it work? And then after that, what are some other questions that come up a lot? Um, well, one of the questions, well, this is an interesting one. It's not actually a question, but people do come to us and say, hey, I've heard Boveda takes away the aroma and smell of, of flour. And the reason people say that um, is because of that monolayer I was talking about earlier, where, you know, there's a water barrier around the trichome. So when you smell, when you open a bag of cannabis, you're not going to smell as much of the aromas if there's bovid in there. However, you take that flower out and you grind it, you break up that water barrier, it punches you in the face. So that's one of the misconceptions that are out there in the marketplace. And, you know, I, I hear that a lot, but I mean, like, there's a thing we have called the Bovida Challenge. And basically what it is, is, you know, we give you two containers. Uh, one has a Bovida pack in it and one doesn't. And we ask you to put your flour in it for 30 days, take it out, grind them both up, smell them, and say which, see which one smells better. And obviously the one that's been protected does. So, Very interesting. Uh, I want to call it a question from Sadie. Mm-hmm. How should I know which boveda pack humidity I should use? 58% or 62%? What's the difference? So it depends on your climate. Yeah, it depends on what climate you're in. So if you're in a drier climate, like Sadie's in Arizona, um, she would want 62%. Um, If you're in more of a, you know, damp climate, you want 58%. But the, the thing I would always encourage people to do Buy both and see which one works better for you. Because you might find that when you try a 62%, you put it in in a jar, you take your flour out, it's squishy, you know. Um, Maybe that's how you like your flour. And then 58%, not as squishy, you know. So we have a lot of information on our our site, bovidainc.com, where you can learn all about how it works. And and we actually have like a calculator that will tell you which one is best for you to buy and what size as well. Wow, that's really cool. And by the way, just a big shout out to Sadie uh, in Arizona from Proven Media. Um, y- you know, it's it's interesting to uh, just to call out 
I worked with a company, a, a friend of mine owns a company called Goldleaf Gardens here in Washington State. And they have uh, glass packaging with a cork top. Um, they then licensed out, which worked fine in Washington State. They then licensed the product to uh, Nevada and they were using the same packaging. And they found that in Nevada, they weren't able to use the cork because the cork actually dried out because of the, the lack of humidity in, in the air. So, um, so I know, I know this to be true, right? I, I know that humidity affects packaging and in particular cannabis and cork and, and things that are um, porous and susceptible to humidity. So yeah, for sure, it's interesting. Absolutely. I love that there's also a personal preference aspect to it also, which I would not have thought. I would have just assumed that there's one perfect humidity and that's what we're aiming for all the time. So uh, yeah. personal preference, should we do our audience participation pop quiz of the day? Sure, we should. And, you know, I just, <laughs> I just want to say quickly, humidity, you know, really messes with my hair. So I don't think there's a perfect. Uh, <laughs> there's no such thing as the per. It's all personal preference. Yes. Uh, personal preference and also uh, what people are learning about what's going on with the cannabis that they're consuming. So this question uh, is really focused on what do consumers know? What are they aware of? This is from um, 2020. And the question is, what percentage of U.S. cannabis consumers said they're unfamiliar with the terms entourage effect and terpenes. And this is from um, Oasis Intelligence. Thank you for providing this uh, quick piece of data for us. The options are A, 40%, B, 55%, C, 70%, or D, 85%. And this is the percentage of U.S. cannabis consumers that are unfamiliar with entourage effect and terpenes. So they consume cannabis, but they're still unfamiliar with those terms. Mm -hmm. All right. Just to clarify, it's interesting. We're you know we we live in the bubble. We're we're always talking about terpenes and the entourage effect, or also now now called the ensemble effect, and all you know all all of the nerdy stuff around cannabis. So I'm I'm curious. You know I'm sure the average cannabis consumer um, just you know is just either looking to. Either they're a patient or they're just looking to, you know, they're looking to medicate in one way, shape or form, but they don't necessarily focus on the industry like we do and go to the trade shows. So I'm, I'm yeah, curious yeah. to know what that number is. Um, let's see. Let's see what's happening. What is, what does everybody say? I yeah. see a lot of guesses for C, 70% and mm -hmm. a couple of D's in there, 85%. Right on. And one yes. D, 55%. And Jason McHugh is here from Califari. Hi, Jason. Thanks for joining all right. Well, David, do you? Uh, what's your take on this? Uh, I'm gonna say not the super high end, um, and not the super low end. So I'm gonna go with C. I'm gonna say seventy percent. Wow. All right. Let's reveal the answer. It was seventy percent. Nice guess, everyone. Uh, this is again from a, a nationwide survey of cannabis consumers that was conducted in 2020, um, asking people if they were familiar with the terms entourage effect and terpenes. And these are existing cannabis consumers. So uh, only about thirty percent said that they were familiar with these terms. But I do have something to share uh, with the audience that is related to like, there is some hope that, that consumers are learning more about terpenes and educating themselves on terpenes. 
Um, and that is some data from Google. So you can actually like look up what search terms are trending and the you know instances of people searching for those terms. And since I think 2015, which is when uh, we started pulling this uh, piece of information from, it has definitely been on the rise. Um, and you can see that in this slide. One moment, sorry. It's on its way. You know, but Jim brings up a, a good point too. Most consumers are looking at THC. You know, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, in some ways people are, are, again, are only looking at half of the story, right? You yeah. know, THC is only, only half of what's, what's really going on. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I think terpenes start to tell or, or explain um, what I, I always call out as aromatherapy, right? Um, you know, aromatherapy is sort of, hey, if I want to chill out, I'm going toward lavender, right? Lavender is high in linalool. It's very similar. Or I want to, you know, uh, enhance something and be awake. It's uh, it's pinenes. We saw pinene before. Or it's limonenes or things like that. So anyway, sorry, let's jump back to the slide. Sorry, our, our deck got stuck for a second. Not as dapper as you today, David. Uh, so this is showing the trend line of searches for the word terpenes uh, within the U.S. As you can see that it's really spiked up in 2021 and is continuing to grow. So even though 2020 awareness was pretty low at about 30%, um, people are learning about it more. And I think we'll start to see that number shift a lot. Absolutely. And, and so, um, you know, I'm curious, uh, we're talking about terpenes now, let's just jump back for a moment. You know, is, uh, is, is save the terps, is that really a, a B2B message? Is that, or, or is, you know, now, now understanding that 70% of cannabis consumers haven't even uh, heard of the of entourage or the entourage effect or terpenes, you start to think, well, Okay, so who, who who is Save the Turps messaging for? And again, you start with something and you can educate. I mean, just because, you know, 70% of people have, cannabis consumers have never heard of it doesn't mean you don't start to introduce it. But um, talk to us about that for a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, Save the Turps is actually both B2B and B2C. So what we like to do is educate on the B2B side why you would want to preserve your terpenes from a you know giant cultivation facility i mean like if you're harvesting pounds and pounds of flour and it's sitting in a room waiting to be sold you definitely want to make sure you preserve all that and also educating the growers even though you would think hey growers know everything about the plant not all the time i mean like that doesn't always come into play um, sometimes you have to let them know hey you've got to in order to preserve your flour you need to protect those terpenes so putting boba in there on, on the back end, and then also when it gets over to the dispensary for sale, making sure that those boba packs appear in the jars in the dispensary. So when a consumer does see it, they say, hey, what is that? What's that for? And then hopefully the bud tender's there to kind of shed some light on that and say, hey, you know, this helps preserve the quality of your flower. Here's some for sale right here. So, you know, it works both ways. It works consumer facing and as, from a wholesale standpoint. And I think it's important to definitely continue to educate the consumer because you know, if you're spending money on flour, you definitely want to make sure that it lasts a long time because it's it's not inexpensive, you know? Right. So maintaining the quality is super important. You it know, it sounds like, go ahead, David. I'm sorry. It's interesting just because, uh, I mean, this is, 
when I worked at American Express and MasterCard for God knows how long, for many years, you know, it's interesting, the, the push and pull, right? Not, so MasterCard speaks not only to the stores that, you know, accept the cards, but they're also speaking to the consumers that walk into the stores, you know? So it's this combination of both sides of the counter. And I think you just spoke about that, you know, in a really interesting way that it's not, it's not, um, you know, it's the manufacturers, it's the retailers, um, it's the bud tenders, and then it's the consumers, right? In, in that long sort of road to reach over the counter and sort of create that demand for, wow, my favorite brands use this, if my dispensary uses this, if the bud tender talks about this, I should be using this to protect my cannabis. For sure, absolutely. And I see like in your chat, Caleb says in his experience, the packs tend to affect the terpenes if you leave them in the product for too long. There is no overhydration. It's simply protecting the terpenes. So my suggestion would be, Caleb, try to lower the 58% RH. I think that might, maybe that might help you out there with that problem. RH relative humidity? Yep, exactly. Look at us. We're learning so many new terms today. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we're, we're talking about flower right now. So, so should we go to the next audience participation slide? Talk about that. All right, which is really about flour. So in which U.S. state did flour hold the largest market share last year, 2021? Sorry, uh, it's 2023, just a little more than a year ago. So A, Nevada, B, Michigan, C, Washington, or D, California. Um, audience, now is your chance to shine. It's your opportunity. Um, so again, in which U.S. state did flour hold the largest market share uh, in 2021? Nevada, Michigan, Washington, or California? And this info is from Headset. They do market analysis, um, point of sale data. So they really take a, a holistic view of what's selling in each state. And this question is about um, within the state, what percentage of sales of cannabis product sales are flour. And there was one that had the highest. Yeah, and I'm surprised. I Well, there, now there's a few more Ds. I'm, I was expecting everybody to come in uh, with D just because it's just because it's California. Um, yeah, it's not the volume of sales. It's just the percentage of sales within that state. Mm -hmm. So so it's the market share against other foreign factors. Then. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So that's that's interesting. Um, I see a lot of guesses for B, Michigan. Yes. Um, I see a guess for C from Lily. Uh, get a couple more D's. Okay. We're pretty divided as a group on this question. We are. Let's let's bring us back together. But before we do, David. <laughs> well, I think I actually know just <laughs> based on our uh, sales. Uh, and the information we have, but I'm going to say uh, B, Michigan. Very good guess. And I see one guess for Nevada. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's reveal the answer. Restream. This is where you It is Nevada. I know. Surprising, right? Let's show the next uh, slide, and it'll show you, like, the breakdown of each state. So I yep. think you'll find this interesting. And the red lines are for um, areas in Canada. But at the top there is Nevada. 
Uh, and then you'll see the other states kind of falling behind. I think Nevada is sitting at, sorry, 56% in 2021. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we had, congratulations, Kim. Uh, Kim. Kim got it right. Kim got it right. Kim got it right. I think we only had one, one person, right? Congratulations, Kim. That's, when is that giving out prizes for these ones? I know. That's pretty awesome. Um, I'll give out a prize. I'll tell you what, Kim, you just won a branding bud, the commercialization of cannabis book. If you send me your email wow. to info at brandingbud.com, I will send you a book. How about that? Nice. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It pays to watch Branding Bud Live. That's right. She was the only one that got <laughs> so she totally deserves it. I love that. <laughs> See, Christine wouldn't have guessed that. So it's awesome. We're bringing we're bringing something new that most people wouldn't have guessed. Or would yeah. Have All right, right on. Well, where to go next? So much. Well, I have a question for David, and this is related to we were talking a little bit earlier about B two B marketing versus B two C marketing, and how there are multiple sort of entry points during the manufacturing and cultivation and distribution process where humidity is important. Knowing that you have these two audiences that need different types of information, um, how do you, I guess, what's the strategy for, for sharing certain things with consumers or sharing certain things with the business community? What's sort of the, uh, the, the guiding principle there, if you could share that with us? Sure. Well, um, for B2B, like I was saying a little early to expand on that, you know, they, any, after they're done processing their flour and it's sitting there, we want to really try to educate them that like, especially with the flour market being the way it is and it, there's so much product on the market and, you know, it's just sitting there, preserving that is key. And, you know, if they're, if they're spending months to create a, a premium product and they want to get the highest you know, price they can for it, then you want to make sure that you maintain that quality. So adding Bovida to that, that's what we preach to them on the B2B side. For consumers, it's, you know, hey, again, you're spending money on a product that isn't the, you know, it's pretty expensive. You know, if you're going to buy an ounce of flour or maybe you want to, there's a strain that you really like that you want to have a lot of and you want to maintain that, Bovida in there. So we're just trying to normalize that and as education goes on, like you mentioned terpene education earlier, um, I feel like this is a part of the thing. So we're all learning how to store it, what to do with it, how to maintain it. it it's new. And as more states come online that are legal, I think education is key. So we do that in a lot of different ways through our site, through influencers, uh, post a lot of blogs on our site around, you know, maintaining your cannabis or, you know, the best practices there. So that would be our message. And, and relative to the to the smell um, or to the odor, does it does it uh, because it it encapsulates uh, the bud, if you will, does it prevent that? Or because I know I, I have heard of people, you know, using uh, dryer sheets to, you know, to sort of. Yeah. Avoid, you know, avoid. Well, not. I'm, yeah, I've heard of that as well. Um, but like I said you know it creates that monolayer uh, water barrier so it's not as ar aromatic in its flower form but when you grind it it's very potent so i would say 
you know, we don't do a great job when it comes to odor control. No, I think that like if you grind it up, you're going to smell cannabis and you're going to smell it stronger after it's ground than you would if you don't use boba. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I think that's a general truth. You would, cannabis would smell more um, after you ground it up than, than it would on its own. It would, but if you put, if you use boba after you harvest, after you, you know, you've cured it and everything and it's sitting in your jar, from day one, you throw a boba to pack in there, you're going to maintain the quality of that flower. So once it comes down, I mean, the clock is ticking from, you know, the plant degrading. So if you can prevent that and keep that potency and aroma and flavor intact, bovida will help you do that. So that's what I mean. Like, yes, you're going to smell, it's going to be more potent when you grind it up, but I think you're going to get a more potent and aromatic product if you use bovida in your routine. Okay. And, and sorry, just to ask and sort of link this back to Michael Brennan's uh, question. So then, um, using it to take away the smell, which is, I think what his question is all about is not necessarily, it, it's not going to help him with that. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're still going to smell it. It might be, um, like Emily says there, it's five times stronger after grinding it when you store with Boveda. The whole flower itself may not smell as potent before it's ground, but you're still going to smell cannabis. You know, mm -hmm. right. that's all, you need a, a you need an air filter and a exhaust fan to help you with, with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a dumb question. Does it impact the potency at all? The humidity levels? The amount no. of Info, I mean, like. If you like, I said when you, it's the most potent after you harvest it and cure it. And then from there, it just, it's off-gassing. You know, you're losing terpenes. You're losing potency. So we slow that process down for you. So I would say, if anything, it helps maintain that. Does that make sense? I've actually heard people, you, you might hear this a lot too. People say you can rehydrate your, like if you get dry weed and you put a boba pack in there, you know, it'll, it will add humidity to it, but it won't transform your flower to make it. Uh, you know, more potent. It's, it, it just stops the process of degradation as opposed to like, it doesn't, you know, build it up anyway. That's impossible, but. And I've always heard of, uh, I think Jamie just said, it might have said it earlier about, um, uh, about putting cabbage, uh, you know. In, in yeah, a... I've heard of that too. That's another, you know, old school way of trying to preserve your flower, but. Hey, guess what? The cabbage is going to dry out too, ultimately. So. But it, hey, I, 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 I hear that. I've heard that before. Uh, we have a question from Jeffrey. Do you find that Boveda packs help with pre-rolls packed in paperboard packaging as opposed to traditional mylar or plastic? Thank you for well, your question. Yeah, because of the paperboard packaging, you know, that's unfortunately, that's not a sealed environment. It'll help a little bit for sure. But the thing about our packs is, you know they're done when they're when they're hard. They turn hard. They get stiff. That means all the contents, which is the salt water product on the inside, is done. So what it will, yes, it will help a little, not as much as a sealed environment, but that pack is gonna its its life is gonna end much sooner than it would if it wasn't in a sealed environment. I hope that I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And um just to get a little nerdy here for, for a minute, you said salt water. Would you, you know, could you tell, tell us in layperson's terms 
how it works? I can't. <laughs> I really can't. Um, you know, that's for the wizards on the R and D team to kind of explain that. So, yeah, that's it's it's. Uh, I always I always get so nerdy when there's something magical like that, especially things I have no clue on how they work. You know, I mean? well, I will say that like you know, like um, a salt product is you'll see that on the marketplace elsewhere. Like, in fact, if you get a humidifier or a humidor you'll notice that, you know, hey, add water in this. And like, and oftentimes there's, in, there's grow products where it's like a salt kind of product where you add water to it. But after the water evaporates, it's not good anymore. So, you know, we've come up with a formula that it, it'll maintain it, you know, for, for quite a long time in, until it's just done, so. Okay, cool, thank you. And just before, uh, so I don't forget, Kim, uh, just to come back to that email address, it's info at brandingbud.com. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, silica pack, see? I feel like it would be fun to do an old school versus new school episode where we'll show like, this is what people had to resort to back in the day to keep things humid and update to today, the technology sure. has come a long way. So we'll have like the paper towel roll with the dryer sheet stuffed in it. And then we'll have, you know, a more advanced odor control solution to show a compare and contrast. Exactly. <laughs> that would be fun. And Sadie just chimed in. We're, we're going to, we'll share all the information uh, later, but with all these questions, thank you, Sadie. I'm going to check out again, just, just because of the, the nerd in me, just to try to find out a little bit more. It's pretty cool. Um, Jay um, uh, was just joking here. That's for removing moisture. Um, I mean, it, it maintain it's a two-way humidity control system so it it does it it maintains the humidity control to that point so it adds and and gives if that makes i mean it takes away and gives so you know you want to maintain a specific you want to try to keep it at 62 percent especially in the curing process of flour so it doesn't become moldy any more than you know when you start getting up in the 65 percent 68 percent mold that's an optimal environment for mold so we maintain that. So if you do have a high environment, it definitely can remove that moisture. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, I mean, that's kind of clear in this conversation, you know, we're, we're talking about authenticity, credibility. Um, it's obvious, you know, how long you've been around in the space and it's obvious that Bovida understands that they, they need people in the space who can talk about um, cannabis in the way that we're talking about cannabis, right? That you know, it's it's meaningful to us. Um, do you do you find um, you know do do you find you cater that message to different people? We do, yeah. In fact, we do a lot of segment marketing. Uh, so, for instance, Bovida is not strictly for people. You know, the typical a stereotypical. We'll just say the persona is a stoner. Okay, that you can't. I feel like we've moved beyond that now. So, you know, there's people who are professionals, they have jobs, they come home and consume cannabis. There's music lovers, outdoors enthusiasts, uh, athletes, you know. So what we try to do is we try to list build um, and try to get people to let us know, hey, this is what I enjoy, this is what my hobbies are. And then we try to tailor messages to them, whether it be through blog posts or targeted emails, or again, working with specific influencers in those segments to spread that message. So, cause we're not, we know that like, Hey, we can't just speak to 
one message for all. So everybody from all different walks of life, you know, consume cannabis. So it, it's a good way to tailor that message to everybody. You know, and it's, it's funny because I think um, I often talk, you know, when I consult to cannabis brands, I, I always talk about the normalizing of cannabis, right? But even more importantly, I have a pool analogy. And the pool analogy is, is really, and Adriana and I always laugh at this expression, is really meeting, meeting your, your customer where they are, right? So the pool analogy is like, hey, I want to, um, friends all around the pool, everybody's different. Um, one person needs a life preserver and wants to go in the shallow end because they don't swim. The other one wants to dive. The other says the water's too cold. The other one just ate lunch. You know, so there's, you know, so there's all these different reasons um, and ways to sort of coax them into the pool. Like, hey, there's a diving board at the deep end. You can go over there. Hey, the water's not too cold. You know, hey, here's a life preserver, right? But what you're doing is you're solving those solutions for each of them and your tone or message is a little bit different. So it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's smart, you know, to cater that. And especially when we, when we see some of the numbers that we saw today, that 70% don't fully even understand what we're talking about. Right. It behooves us, you know, to get the message out in the right way and to educate. And, and along those lines, we thank you. Well, one, we thank you, David, for coming on and sharing that information with us. And, and we thank Bovida for, for, you know, adding value to the industry, showing up at all the events and uh, being part of the industry instead of being an outsider, sort of uh, working its way in. I, I think Bovida has done a great job in terms of um, adding value and, and being part of the community instead of sucking off the community. Well, well thank you. <laughs> we, we definitely don't want to uh, come off as sucking off uh, you know, anything from the community. So. Those are some pretty bad words. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I think thank you for having this um, stream because, I mean, like, I think it's very important to, to, to talk about this and have open conversations and educate. And you mentioned, like, you know, the terpene thing. You're right. There was a time when people didn't even know what's, you know, hey, I don't know what strain this is. I just know I got some weed. And then now we know what sativa, indica, and hybrids are. So, like, you know, and now we're starting to talk about minor cannabinoids like CBD, CBN, you know, all of it, THC, uh, Delta-8. So there you go. We're, we're on our way to learning more about the plant, which is great. That's what it's really all about. I mean, you know, it's funny. I think I think uh, Adriana, right? We we always come full circle to it. It really comes back to the plant, and it comes back to the community. And if we can speak the truth and educate the community and learn, right? Always come from a place of curiosity and learning, which allows us to approach it with open minds and and hear other people's ideas and concepts and and uh, and talk about those things and, and share amongst ourselves. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, well said. Uh, David, so if people have more questions for you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Um, if you have questions about Bovida, you can uh, contact us through our site. There's uh, many forms that you can fill out. There's a pop-up right there. Um, and you, our customer service people is right, are right there to answer your questions. So just visit us at bovidainc.com and um, lots of different ways to get in contact with us there. Right on. Thank you. And, you know, you had mentioned earlier uh, uh, that, that uh, 
your wife has uh, has an interesting uh, website yeah. as well. Why don't you call that out again one more time? Sure. It's called thestonermom.com, and it's just basically around to kind of demystify cannabis for normal people. Uh, the whole idea is responsible cannabis use. So feel free to check that out if you like. Right on. And we're all about promoting responsible cannabis consumption. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us today. We really appreciate uh, your message, your time, and all that you do. Thank you very much. Uh, and thanks for having me on. This is really great. I appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, David. Thank you. Have a good weekend. All right. Well, Adriana, we've we've made it through another show. Uh, super excited uh, about that and all the things to come. We've got some really great shows coming up. Um, next week, January 26th. Can you believe we're already at the end of uh, January? It's kind of crazy. But next week, we have Adelia Carrillo and Parisa Rad, and they are the co-founders of The Blunt Brunch. And we're going to be chatting about creating community within cannabis. And we're super excited about that. Yeah, um, we're going to drop a link to next week's show uh, here in the chat. So you can just click on that and you can go over to the events page and register if you want to meet the founders of The Blunt Brunch. Absolutely. And don't forget to check out Cannabis's Best Kits best kept secret at brandingbud.com. Thank you, everybody. As always, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.